So hello and welcome to the newest series of Icons of Relocation. I'm your host, Simon Johnston, CEO of Icon Relocation, which is one of the leading relocation companies in the UK, looking after issues such as home search, property management and removals. Now, for those who haven't been listening to these podcasts, um, I would strongly recommend go back and listen to the one we had with Matthew Savage from Savills. It was incredibly informative. Matthew was amazing and gave an overview of how the housing market in the UK really got to where it is and also gave some predictions of where it's going. And it was such an interesting conversation. I thought we all sort of build on the back of that. And I have, I'm delighted to say, with me, my colleague, Rebecca Gunn. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? Hello. All good. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Thank you so much for joining us. In fact, before we get into things, can you just sort of fully introduce yourself and, and what you do within the company? Yeah, sure. So my name is Rebecca Gunn, uh, formerly Rebecca Highland. I used to um, work with the Global Mobility Operations team starting in 2015. And then in, back in 2019, I left um, to have a couple of babies. I had twins. And then I've recently returned to the company under my married name, Rebecca Gunn, last November to um, also be in the operations team alongside uh, a new team called the property support team. And then later on, I'll be uh, moving on to different roles within the company to help support different departments. Fantastic. Well, it just shows we're speaking to the right person. So <laughs> just talking about the housing market for a second. So mm-hmm. Samples gave a really interesting view, as I said, as how we got here. But, yeah. but you and your colleagues are in this every day. You're doing research all the time, continuously. Yeah. Um, can you give your view? I mean, what are you seeing out there uh, in regard to the housing market? And how would you sort of summarise it if you were trying to do such a thing? In one word, potentially challenging. Um, obviously, there's different briefs that we have to meet on a day to day basis. Everyone's criteria is, is different. Um, but generally, what we're seeing is that the market is extremely fast paced, fast paced than we've ever seen before, even, you know, years ago when we said we used to say that the the market was fast paced it's it is really on another level now um just to give you an example you know we're booking properties mm. in and then for for a takeout the next day and then within half an hour they're ringing us up to say i'm really sorry but this now property's now gone under offer and we can't can no longer show it and it might be a property that's only just gone on the market that day so we are having those challenges um in that respect but also we found as well that what was once a 1500 pound one bedroom apartment that could quite easily be found anywhere in london even in the close close to the city it, things are dramatically more expensive and it's trying to manage those expectations with the assignees that are moving over to the UK that potentially have colleagues that have moved over a couple of years previous that have gone, you know, I've got this really nice one bedroom apartment right close to where I need to be. I just jump on the tube. I'm five minutes walk from the tube and then I'm 10 minutes into the office. That's now no longer the same situation. So it's trying to kind of divert them away from that way of thinking and just being a bit more upfront and transparent with them as to what's going on, just so that they're aware of things are moving very quickly. Mm. Um, And that's just that's happening across everywhere. So we used to be able to say to people, you know, you can move out further away you go, the longer commute you've got, but the lower the property prices are. But because that's now happening more and more the prices are increasing the further out we go. Um, Things have eased up a bit in the last month or so, we found in terms of like stock levels and being a bit more available. However, it does mean that I think that's more because things are being 
put onto the market a lot earlier to give a, a kind of a false representation of what's on the market right now to move into because yeah. you know we could be looking on the market and things are not available for another couple of months and that's because our agents are proactively putting their stock up for up for market way in advance than they would usually in order to still be present on on the agent market so that's a that's another thing you know just being aware of the fact that we need to get people out a little bit quicker in order to be successful in finding their home and what they want okay i mean there's some really interesting things there so so if i can go back and sort of unpack some of those comments um mm-hmm. i mean we obviously we cover the whole of the uk and, and more but let's just focus on sort of london and southeast because i think that's yeah. really sort of the is the epicenter of the conversation. Now, you said rents are going up, mm-hmm. uh, and I think universally everybody's aware of that, but can you give some insight into what, what is meant by rent going up? What sort yeah. of levels are you seeing or being reported? So it's slightly differently, different in, in different kind of calibre of properties that I found. You know, that if we start off with a one-bedroom apartment, you know, central London. So when I say central London, I mean, you know, places like Clerkenwell, Angel, all the hotspots, Islington that people like to live because they've got the vibe that they want to be in, but also easily connectable into this into the city where their offices are. We used to see that one bedrooms, you know, you could you could get a decent one bedroom for fifteen hundred pounds a month, excluding bills. Now we're saying to people, you you're looking more at about eighteen to two thousand a month for a one bedroom in those kind of areas and then further out so places like um, Stratford, Wembley, um, maybe even into like Canary Wharf and things those prices have then also increased as a result of that because people are moving further out in order to achieve achieve the cheaper rents so that's similar I would say you could probably you could achieve more of a one bed in in Wembley Stratford at around 16, 17 at, at a push but obviously the demand for that is high so therefore it is really competitive um and then two beds are around i would say like two three two four and then they could they can you know you know it's like they can go up massive amounts because if you've got like a penthouse right in the middle of you know next to angel yeah. uh, station then you know you're you're paying for that well yeah that one bedroom luxury. encompasses a lot doesn't it you know, yeah absolutely something quite palatial yeah yeah, but then we fa- I found more recently, like the family homes, for example, that are at, in the hotspots around the schooling area areas, properties that were once, you know, four, you know, four bedroom properties unfurnished, which are near the the schools, were about four, five, five thousand a month, and now you're looking at a minimum of like seven, eight thousand. So. In, in in that respect, this is over a year or so period, basically. Yeah, so we have had people that have moved in. For example, two properties, it, uh, probably around 2019, 2020, where the rental prices were much lower because of the pandemic and the fact that, you know, landlords needed people in their properties to live. Therefore, they were allowing to be a bit more flexible on rental prices and were being a bit more realist- realistic about what they could a- achieve. And then they're moving because their tenancy is up for renewal or, you, you know, the, the landlord's selling or they're coming back to live in their own property or whatever they've then got to find something new and they want exactly what they've had because they're used to living there and they're you know they That's like that. the walk to the school or whatever or the commute to the office and they're looking now that a minimum of 
uh, probably £2,000 a month than they were paying previously. So it's hard to put a number on how things have increased across the board because I think it's just different depending on where you are, what property you're living in. Um, so that's where it's a bit different to f- and, and difficult to find some kind of like fixed answer to say, you know, the, this pro- these across the board properties have gone up by this much and a month. To be fair, I, I think I'll be a bit unfair to you on the, on the question because, as we always say, London isn't one city, it's 100 villages. So there's 100 yeah, stories to be told here. Definitely. Uh, I, I that. Actually, another thing which you said as well, which, again, I'd like to go back and sort of just pick up on, is you're, you're talking about the sort of the lead time. And this is something mm-hmm. that Matthew referred to as well. Yeah. So what you're saying is that... Um, uh, if, if I understand what you're saying correctly, is that you, you need to be uh, looking for properties earlier to get the maximum stock level. Is that correct? And could you expand on that? Yeah, slide? I think my opinion is that because this, in the stock is so low, um, I think agents are being more proactive in terms of contacting current tenants and, and landlords that they've got on their books to say, you know, this property is coming up for renewal in, let's say, May. Um, given that we're obviously at the beginning of March, would you like to renew your tenancy or will you be moving elsewhere? I think we'll f- we'll find that a lot of agents are saying that a lot of people go, no, I'll renew because they don't want to be back out on the market looking for something else. Right. But also, if there is a point where the landlords are saying or the, you know, the current tenants are saying, yes, we are going to be vacating, we're relocating, whatever, they're then putting it on the market now to replace anything that they haven't got to show so that they are then still being present on the real estate market because if they don't have anything to offer people are not going to look for these particular agents this is what you know this is based on my personal opinion they then don't no longer have a presence on the market on right move zoopla etc so they're putting stuff on the market further way further in advance than we're used to so rather than we could have people arrive and have 30 days in temporary accommodation for example and that's an achievable time frame in order to go out get find a property move in I think now more realistically we need to consider 60 days in temporary accommodation because things are being advertised as as Matthew said six to eight weeks in advance wow. so therefore there's very limited amount of stuff that's vacant on the market unless they are new buildings or there's stuff where people have maybe got a short departure date, so therefore, or they they're flexible in when they can move. So if they're going elsewhere and they want to, they wanted to end their tenancy without being living in the property for that month notice, they can obviously be flexible when they move out, which obviously is is a rarity anyway. But we're finding, yeah, that things are going on the market way further in advance. So we're having to be a little bit more proactive and therefore potentially extending time in temporary housing in order to achieve properties that are available to the individuals when they're coming over. So that's really interesting. So if you're speaking to somebody coming across, really, Mm. you, you can't start your home search or at least researching it early enough, you could argue. So if yeah. you start that even before you get on the plane and coming over to the UK, then then there's an opportunity of seeing a, a, a higher number of properties is what you're indicating. And and, and even if that's not possible, because let's be honest, on a lot of occasions a relocation is, is quite short notice and somebody's travelling. But mm. just be aware of what you're saying is it's sort of six to eight week lead time yeah. is now becoming more common than ever before. Yeah, I think so. And also being a bit more proactive when you land in the UK to, you know, get out fairly quickly um, in order to like not have that extra delay. Um, Obviously, we've got that added 
challenge if, the, if you're looking for stuff whilst you're not in the UK. The likelihood of that stuff still being on the market when you're actually on the ground is probably no quite slim because things is just being snapped up really quick, even if we have got the longer lead times or, you know, longer moving dates. So it's kind of a catch-22 situation in the fact that we're telling people you have to be more proactive, but mm. if you send us stuff or, you know, you're finding stuff that you like, that you want to view two weeks ahead of your flight time, it's unlikely that, that stuff is still going to be sitting on the market for you to actually get your foot in the door. So we have had instances where people are doing virtual home searches, where we're taking people out, you know, mm-hmm. via FaceTime, you know, we're viewing on their behalf, providing our So we can do that. Expert. So we can go and Yeah, definitely. You know, that's a new way of working. And um, it's something that we're trying to be more flexible around if people are happy with that. Obviously, you have to be aware of the fact that our view and us as actually physically walking around the apartment could be different to what the individual would be seeing in their they ultimately got to live there so it's being transparent about that and say look you know if you're going to put an offer forward on something you haven't physically seen in person just be aware of the fact that you know there could potentially be stuff that you are picking up on that that we wouldn't do but obviously it's it it's it has worked quite well um we have done it previously and obviously it was the only way to do it <laughs> when oh, during COVID, things yeah, were being advertised then a lot so of I think then. agents obviously are aware of that way of working anyway so I think it's just being uh, providing those options so that every uh, assignees have everything presented to them in order to make the best decision basically all right really good advice Becca thank you very much for that can I just sort of move on to a, a separate topic as well mm-hmm. I mean the dream always is when you secure a property so we found the, the perfect property is to have a, a one-year contract with a six-month break clause, second-year option, third-year option, et cetera. That's mm-hmm. always been sort of the utopia, hasn't it? I think it you know, gives everybody the flexibility. How yeah, definitely. How practical is that? You know, in, in the market, as you've just been explained, can we still get that? Or is there some pushback on those areas? There is definitely some pushback. It's not something that we would uh, say is the norm anymore in the fact that to expect that that to be agreed and that's just because there is more people going for the same apartment at the same time so therefore you know you could you're up against potentially a better term offer so it's more being realistic about what we put forward so if we were to put an an offer forward for a 12-month contract six-month break clause option one and two the landlord's going to look at that and say well that's not really that attractive in the fact that I could only have someone there for six months I want someone in there for much longer which is obviously something that we would have come across previously anyway but then there's more likely someone to be or two three people offering on the same apartment that are saying I'll live there for 18 months I don't need a break clause so we we have to be mindful of that and just be mm. uh, give the advice of the fact that you know this if you want to put an offer forward for a 12 month or an 18 month straight that's fine but be aware of the fact that there is no opportunity for you to depart prior to that without any kind of penalty Um, and then even then the landlord doesn't have to agree to it but we're finding that because the assignees are being given that advice and and it's up front they are more amenable to agreeing to that and and being realistic in the fact that you know they have to potentially be flexible there are instances where we have people that it's you know company-wide policy that we have to have some kind of break clause and generally agents that we work with on a regular basis that you know the bigger corporate agents 
are agreeable to that and they guide their landlords accordingly and left and a lot of them are landlords that are professional landlords and are happy to accept those kind of terms so it's not saying that those terms are no longer something that we're seeing to be accepted it's just less likely on a day-to-day basis that we would be achieving a six months break clause but equally I think people as well that are coming over want the security as well for a longer term so it's something that is not potentially as readily expected from the other side either you know if you were to ask me the question do you think that the stock levels are going to change anytime soon Mm, if if we're agreeing to tenancies that are 12 months 18 months 24 months that stock isn't then going to come on the market for potentially six months, 12 months longer than it would have done previously. So I think we're still going to face challenges from the stock levels. However, stuff that I think tenancies that have ended, that started year, two years ago, are then going to be obviously coming back onto the market potentially and people are going to be moving around because that's happening more than it was 18 months ago. So I think stuff will improve in the fact that stuff will come on the market but I just don't think that there's going to be um, an influx of lots of properties that are going to be available to choose from readily I think it's just going to be a continuation of what we've seen in the last three four months and it's just going to keep churning that way rather than you know stuff that's going to be available to them instantly. Okay. Well, Bunny, well, you answer the question I was going to ask you next, which is what do you think is going to happen? So, you know, thank you for getting ahead of me on that one. <laughs> Perhaps that last it with one last question. You, you mentioned mm. this right at the beginning as well, that um, if somebody's in a property and their contract's coming to an end, but they want to stay in the property, so they want to renegotiate mm. and stay in. So let's just say somebody doesn't have that clause for a rolling extension in play. Yeah. Are you seeing far more, I'm going to put this off, maybe slightly more aggressive uh, negotiations in regard to what a landlord would want to, you mentioned that right at the very beginning about the the fact that rents have jumped up. So is that yeah. a factor? Yes, I think so. I think um, people that were starting tenancies back in 2019, 2020, obviously had the added benefit of having lower rents than we're seeing now. The downside of that is that we're finding that when we come to renewal now, because the market has grown quite significantly in terms of monthly rental prices, landlords are coming back with quite a significant percentage increase that they're expecting if they would like to renew to a further term. And sometimes that's just not achievable for people that are currently sitting in the property. It's just not affordable. So um, I think potentially what will happen is that people like ourselves that are negotiating on people's behalf for new tenancies I would say it would be beneficial for us to push for for some kind of clause in there to say any type of renewal Mm -hmm. should be subject to any kind of minimum and maximum increase obviously that's obviously dream world again as 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 you said earlier in terms of a clause that potentially the landlord's not going to agree to but in some cases we're seeing landlords asking for a 50 percent increase in rent 50%. Yeah. And that's just, I I think sometimes I feel like potentially landlords are using the situation to their advantage. And, you know, why, why wouldn't they? Because they can capitalize on getting, getting the money Mm. in that the the currently the house next to them is achieving because potentially that's gone on to rent more recently. But then also I think landlords would also consider, you know, the, the tenant that they've had in house for however long and do we want the hassle of moving them out, getting someone else, potentially 
not having the value the stability yeah i think that's that would be our negotiation power in in the fact that we could bring that to their ta- the table and say look we have got the family or the individual would like to renew for another 12 months 18 months they are happy with the rental increase but they are going to offer this amount is that achievable is that acceptable and, and basically bring to the table that they have been uh, you know a good tenant throughout the last tenancy term um it's i think it's going to be interesting to see how those kind of situations play out for sure we have had a couple recently that have been at that level so um we haven't got any kind of answers yet in terms of how those are going to go but i think that will be an interesting talking point moving forward as to how many more we see and how how aggressive the landlords are in terms of their expectations of rent increases. It's it's a good point. Maybe that's something we do. I mean, I have to say that when I was speaking to Matthew at Savills, um, he he said, obviously, this is a continuing story. And um, he's very kindly said, you'll come back in and have another chat and maybe a handful of months and see where we are. So maybe you, one of your team can do the same thing. So I think this is a really interesting file. What are the agents seeing compared to what we're seeing? Uh, and mm-hmm. give it the best advice possible back to Disani. So if you're going to sort of sum things up, if you had somebody about to relocate now and they're having a chat, any yeah. sort of just bottling us up, say what, what would be your, your best tips of advice? So definitely be proactive. Look at the market ahead of time so that you are being realistic as to what we're looking for, what you want, um, just so that it's not just advice that you're that we're providing you. Just be a bit more um proactive and looking online yourself um as soon as you land in the uk go out on home search potentially corporate clients need to look at extending temporary housing and being more flexible with that in a nutshell just it will be okay it's very different to potentially conversations you've had with previous relocation employees um and we're obviously armed with all of the um knowledge and experience that we've been seeing in the last few months anyway so just be realistic and proactive um and open open to different areas and property types and stuff like Brilliant. that very nicely said thank you very much you said we always find properties for people it's just understanding 100%. what the market is it's, it's really hard isn't it to understand how how much has changed we're yeah, living and definitely. breathing it sometimes it takes us by surprise how much has changed but i have to say becca you've been fantastic thank you so much for, for joining us in this conversation i look forward to having a chat in maybe a few months and see where we are then so yeah, thank definitely. you again thank you take care you too